Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. That's great. Which of the wet bandits, Marv or Harry, over the two movies do you think took more of a physical punishment? I know that when uh, she was still alive, Marge shot. She was the bag lady in the Lincoln Park, and she got a ton of votes for that. <laughs> okay, that, that, that wasn't what I asked. <laughs> I, I answered it, but, but as far as Marv and Harry, uh, probably Harry got more because, I mean, it's Joe Pesci for crying out loud. Okay. That's the... Late less crops. You better explain this trash panda. So, and uh, here I got. We're bringing Danny Parkins in here. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I'm sure he remembers that, but it's when he had to host an overnight show with Les. Because Danny, what was what you lost some kind of season long bet, right, for the afternoon show, and you yeah, had to host God, overnight. I haven't heard that in years, though. I had forgotten about that particular <laughs> thing. Uh, good, good afternoon, Saturday suckage. <laughs> yeah, it's I, an honor and a privilege. Uh, yeah, we did on the old McNeil and Parkins show, we did our season long football picks and we couldn't decide on what the prize should be for the winner. So we basically just decided on what the punishment should be for the loser. And so there was no prize for first place, but between me, Shep and Mac, whoever finished in last place, uh, had to host afternoons, then host with less and then host afternoons again the next day. So kind of pull the double dip and you couldn't take a day off. And Shep and I were both totally fine with it. It really was just, we tried to think of what would be the worst possible punishment for Mac. Because he was like, <laughs> he's like, I'll pay $5,000 to not have to do that. I was like, well, that's hilarious and ridiculous. So, uh, but unfortunately I lost. And so I had to host with less but it honestly it turned in it turned into a win we had we had a great time but yeah marv harry marge shot that there you, is amazing there you go so this man who lost that competition is now here to give us his betting insight on the super bowl oh rosie it's worse than that man uh <laughs> la- last super bowl so i try i like to i don't know why i do this but I, you can either like spread it out or correlate your bets and I always try to correlate my bets. It's like go big or go home. Like so, I'm trying to like nail the Super Bowl from kickoff to final whistle. And last year, no joke, it's a statistical impossibility. I went 0 for 13 uh, in my Super Bowl bets. You couldn't even mistakenly win one. I lost the coin flip against my wife. Like it was, wow. it was, it was amazing. Uh, now, you know, it's not, they weren't all, you know, minus 110, 50, 50 bets. You know, some of them were eight to one long shots or things like that. But yeah, I couldn't a rushing yardage over under a passing yardage prop, a coin flip, uh, a length of the national anthem. I couldn't find a winner. It was humiliating. So then you're due. 
That's what I'm saying. You do. That's, that's the what, way betting works. That's why they put Eiffel Towers on the strip in Las Vegas because the betting works that way, that you do. You always get paid back. That's how I feel about it. So, so yeah, I think I've got this Super Bowl mail. It's, it was weird, though, because 2019 was the most profitable football season of my life. 2020, I gave like 70% of it back. Uh, and then and then this season was very, very solid. Uh, the Packers kind of screwed me, though, and so I've been kind of treading water since the playoffs started, and we're going to go big. We're going to go big for the big game, so I'm ready to go. All right, we want to hear about that. And Jenny, uh, Danny Parkins is joining us on the Score Hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is part of the scorers wall-to-wall, ear-to-ear coverage of the Super Bowl tomorrow. BeckQL from 9 to 11. Danny Parkins' playoff preview from 11 to 1. And then Westwood 1 takes it from there until Evan McPherson's game-winning kick at the end of the Super Bowl. So run it down, the straight bets, because I have some prop bets I want to get. I, I want to know what you've what you've bet on in your props, but what? But I have some other props for you. But as far as just sort of analysis of the game and where you put your money on winners, losers, sides, totals, where are you on that, Danny? Okay, so I think that it's a terrible matchup for the Bengals. Like, if you were going to draw it up and you'd say their biggest weakness Mm -hmm. is their offensive line and the Rams' biggest strength defensively is their defensive line like the the Rams are a top three win rate pressure team in terms of when they rush the passer they beat their man top three in the NFL and the Bengals were in the regular season a bottom three protection team in the NFL so that strikes me as a huge mismatch and you got Jalen Ramsey, who's willing to try to guard Jamar Chase all over the field. We don't know if he will or not, but he is a difference-making corner. Whether he's on T. Higgins or Jamar Chase, he should be able to hold the top two guys for Burrow below their season average. So I think it's a terrible matchup for the Bengals. Admittedly, I bet the Titans against the Bengals was wrong. Bet the Chiefs against the Bengals was wrong. So I, I am going down with the ship, but... So how I am playing that is a couple of different ways. Uh, I am gonna just I'm gonna bet on the Rams to win after four quarters. So this is like a little bit instead of laying the four points or instead of just taking the money line of minus one ninety five. If you say they're gonna win after four quarters, you can get that down to minus one seventy five on the money line. So basically, if the Rams won in overtime, I'd be screwed. But I'm gonna say they're gonna win in regulation. And at plus 250, if you say the Rams are going to win both halves, so they win the first half and they win the second half, that pays two and a half to one. So I'm on the Rams to win both halves and the Rams to win after four quarters. And I think the game is going to be – the Bengals are a very slow starting team Mm. uh, so far this season and certainly throughout the playoffs. So I am on the under in the game – and uh, I'm under on Jamar Chase receiving yards in the first half. But I got many more bets, but that's uh, that's a good place for us to start. How many bets do you think you'll end up with by kickoff? Because I know like, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen let, let, Let's find out how many he has now, and we'll see what it increases by kickoff. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I do these videos for Bet Rivers, and uh, I put in, when I was making my video for Friday, 
Uh, they've enjoyed my uh, my ten bets series uh, that I've done throughout the playoffs, and so I put in ten Super Bowl bets on Friday. And I my guess is the pregame show is just so damn long. You know that's the problem. Like I got the show from eleven to one. Inevitably, I'll have you know my buddy Ben Heisler on who does gambling analysis for BetSided. He'll convince me on a bet or two that I haven't played. I'll probably listen to Costos' show before mine. He'll convince me of a bet or two that I haven't considered. And then I'm going to be watching with my brother. He'll have some sort of bet that I want to pile on with just for fun. So I, my guess is it'll end up being about 15 or so bets this year, in addition to squares and you know other forms of degeneracy. That's actually less than what I was expecting. I was I was thinking you were going to be up well, around then, thirty. For then some bet reason. the over on Danny's bet. Yeah, listen, studs. I can I can always aspire to be better, but the th- the thing is, it's like since I've started to try to like be a little bit better at this and actually have a little bit of money, I'm just instead of making more bets, I'm just making bigger bets. Like so fewer that, that, and bigger, fewer and bigger. Yeah. That's right. Fewer, fewer and bigger has been my has been my strategy. And the other thing is, studs, there's no way to know because live betting is such a beautiful thing. Like it just it, they do. Uh, you know, you pull up your Bet Rivers app, and not only can you live bet the spread or the total, you can live bet player props now, which was not a thing that existed a couple of years ago. So, like, if Cam Akers uh, has ten rushing yards in the first half. But the Rams are up big. Maybe his player prop total, which right now sits at like 64 and a half rushing yards for the game, maybe that number will come down uh, for the second half. But you'll think, oh, they're going to salt away the game by running the football. So you bet an over on a player prop in the second half. That wasn't something you could do a couple of years ago. So, you know, I, I think at kickoff, I will likely have somewhere around 15 bets. But by the end of the game, who the hell knows? <laughs> Danny Parkins joins us on Saturday Suckage. Parkins and Spiegel, the wonderful afternoon show that is both fun and informational, as we are finding out here as well. So how are you on cross-sports betting? Because there's a prop out there. The Cooper Cup total receptions in the Super Bowl versus USA gold medals <laughs> and, and those kind of they, they gained fame like 25 years ago or so. They gained a, a lot of notoriety where football versus basketball and whoever it was, you know, a yardage versus Shaq and Kobe's points kind of thing. So the bet, the prop bet is which will be higher. And my guess is always Snoop Dogg at this <laughs> halftime show. But Amen. Cooper Cup receptions versus U.S. gold medals. Do you get into, into stuff like that, those cross-sports bets? I've done it before, obviously, um, but is it something like I don't really care about the Olympics and I certainly have no area of expertise on it. Like my, my thought is basically if 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 there is a way to make money on it, whether I think I have some sort of insight on it or if a sharp better that I follow on Twitter or someone that I know, you know, like I'm on some gambling chats, like group texts and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so sometimes I'll just make a bet on a, a golfer to finish in the top 40 because my buddy says that 
the data golf site that he pays money to says that there's value there and I'm not even watching the tournament and I'll put in a little bet on it. So like I'm not above making that bet, but uh, I have uh, I have no interest or particular insight. How's the U.S. doing? Like is that because Cooper Cup's going to have like 10 catches in this game. So uh, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Exactly. I was actually looking at this as of last night. They had 11 medals and five gold, I believe. So five gold. I think that couple have, like I said, around ten catches. There's plenty of time. Let's see. I have no idea. I, <laughs> who the hell knows? I, I've watched you. no minutes of the Olympics. I'm with you. Well, do you bet on the halftime stuff? Like, there's a prop out there of the first song of the halftime show. Lose yourself. California Love is plus two hundred. Oh, interesting. Lose yourself is plus six fifty. So where is that, Rosie? Well, um, Bodog. Okay. So so yeah. So I. I might need to get an account there because what's happened – so I, I used to have a Bodog account, and then it was, became Bovada. Uh-huh. And, and then when legalization happened, frankly, those offshore sites, I had no use for them anymore uh, because it's like it's kind of weird to deposit. It's going to be weird to get your money back. Sometimes they don't have great limits. And just like now with – FanDuel, DraftKings, my guys over at Rivers, etc. Like, there's so many places that you can line shop that it, that it's great. Um, but but those sites, like the legal sports books, don't take action on something like that. But between you, me, and the wall, I actually have heard a little bit of inside information that "Lose Yourself" is going to be the first song. All right, so. he's got a guy. Look, Danny's yeah. got a guy. He's got a guy who's got a guy. And look, at yeah, him. you get an inside information here. Call yeah. one. Five 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 five. Call Big Doc. Exactly. All right. Hey, man, have a plus six fifty. Lose yourself if, if someone out there has an ability to bet on it. Uh, I think that that's I think that's the way to go. Because I mean, Eminem. Let's be honest. Unbelievably talented. Doesn't have a lot of uh, commercially viable songs that you can uh, perform at the halftime show that aren't like unbelievably dark and depressing. Lose yourself is one of them. So I could, I think, I think lose yourself's a good bet there. I, I love the met- like, breaking it down, and he's got a g- inside information. I was waiting for you to have metrics attached. To I got that. no, I got no metrics other than. Eminem does not have many songs that I could possibly imagine being broadcast to 100 million people. That is one of them. It's a great pump-up song. And I legitimately heard from someone that uh, they said, I know for sure that Lose Yourself is the first song. I have no idea, but someone that I trust says that it's the first song. Are you a kind of guy that gets in on, like, you know, I know you get in on a lot of different parts of this but what about the opening kickoff I, I heard Horvat talking about this this morning and I've heard several different people talk about this the kickoff not being a touchback the opening kickoff not being a touchback do you have any thoughts on that at all yeah of course I have thoughts on that I have thoughts on everything <laughs> um, so question. that's my fault some question is there so, juice on this of course yeah, he's got thought yeah so it used to be that it, touchback was like a huge positive bet before they changed the uh, the kickoff distance. Then it went the other way uh, that it was like an obvious thing that there was going to be a touchback because people would always want to return a opening kickoff for uh, to try to do the Devin Hester right. But Pat McAfee came out and said that kicking a ball in the Super Bowl is like kicking a rock because the game balls are all like. Uh, they put like serial numbers on it, and they don't get to practice with the actual ball that they'll be kicking within the game. So at the beginning of the game, the, the game balls are actually like rocks. McPherson is a baller, the kicker on the Bengals, and I don't believe it. 
So I think that it, so what I did is I bet first Cincinnati kickoff for a touchback at like minus 112. So basically even money. So if, if the Rams end up kicking off, I don't trust Matt Gay as much to be able to boom it through the end zone. So I just decided whenever Cincinnati kicks off first, if it's the start of the game, if it's after a score, whatever the case may be, uh, first Cincinnati kickoff for a touchback, I uh, that that's my angle on that. And if I can, these coaches, offensive wizards, but super conservative in terms of going forward on fourth down and actual game management. They both are big take-the-points guys. So longest field goal over 47.5 yards feels pretty good to me in this one. McPherson has a huge leg, and Gay, the kicker for the Rams, is kicking at home. So in his home stadium and obviously ideal conditions uh, at SoFi in L.A. So uh, if it's you know fourth and four from the 35-yard line, they're lining up for a for a 52 yard field goal. So I, I I like over 47 and a half for longest field goal of the game. At what price? At uh, it's even money. That's that's a that's a that's a minus oh. 110 both way. They, they, these guys have combined for 21 field goals in the playoffs. 21 field goal attempts, and McPherson hasn't missed one. So like they just both these teams kick a lot of field goals. So they will kick from deep. So that's uh, that's another prop bet that I have. Okay, before we let you go, I have a I have a question. Can you bet, can you maybe you have to call this, but is it out there that Matthew Stafford is going to throw a fourth quarter pick? Now that is a someone who's been in Bearland for a lot of years, watched yeah. the NFC North, and he tried to do it to a former bear and Jaquaski Tart dropped the damn thing, but can you bet on Matthew Stafford throwing a fourth quarter pick? I would assume so. Um, but you haven't I'm, seen it. Yeah. You, you know, can bet I on the coin was... flip, but not on Matt Stafford throwing a fourth quarter pick. <laughs> yeah, well, but I mean, but you can definitely like, all right, so let's see here. Matt Stafford interception. Yes is minus 172 that he will just throw one at any point during the game. And you can throw that. Let's see. You can do that. He will throw the f- first interception oh but see they have will he throw first quarter touchdown second quarter touchdown third quarter touchdown but they don't have that for interception at least on the site that i'm looking at right now they should he had three straight multi-interception games to finish the regular season then he only has one in the postseason so far so uh sounds like you're on the Bengals, rosie yeah i i i like this yeah the reason i can't i don't bet this because i i root for stories and I love yeah. Joe Burrow and Evan McPherson. I just love this whole idea that combined they're Joe Namath. They're not guaranteeing it, but they've got such swagger in the whole thing. And I, I just have seen so much of Matthew Stafford and and said, he's he's ripe. The one prediction I'll make is he's going to throw a fourth-quarter pick that turns the game around. That's what I think is going to happen. And and I, your point is well made that the what the Rams do well is the, what the one thing the Bengals do not do well, and Aaron Donald could turn – could turn Joe, you know, separate Joe from Burrow, and it could be all over by then, and it could be the biggest blowout. And we were talking earlier, me and Studs, and Leonard Floyd could be the MVP because Von Miller and Aaron Donald are going to take up so much time and space and attention that all of a sudden this guy could end up scoring two touchdowns because they're so dominant. And, and, and I looked it up, plus 13,000 on FanDuel for Leonard Floyd. <laughs> yeah, 130 saying. to one. Uh, 
Yeah, you know, like hey, throw I a just, buck on there. You know, hey, yeah, hey, th- yeah, throw a dollar in there and, and have some. Fun. There's no bad bet during the Super Bowl because you're just trying to have it. As long as you don't bet more than you can afford to lose, it it's all for fun. I mean, listen, the the Bengals story is amazing. There's no question about it. I just they beat the Raiders by seven. If they don't, if Ryan Tannehill doesn't have three turnovers. They lose that game to the Titans. They lost seven games in the regular season. I just, I'm not convinced that they're that good. Dude, I said the same thing at the start of the show. Like, I think I'm, they're frauds. I don't, I don't think they're frauds because I think that Burrow's amazing and Jamar Chase is amazing and they have high-level talent. Like, I don't, I don't think they're frauds. Maybe fraud's I, the, not, a, not a good word per se, but I no, just don't think... a good talk show host yeah, word. Yeah, it's, I just good, don't, it's, it's a good take. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think they're that good, like you were saying. Yeah, like, they just... Their body of work over 20 games is above average. They're just on a really nice heater right now, but they absolutely should have lost that Titans game. If, if, so, and, but Matt Stafford, to Rosie's point, absolutely can put up a game like Tannehill did in that spot. So if he does, right, like, like Olin Kruitz came on the show and said, there's just something about Joe Burrow, and he thinks that the Bengals are going to win the turnover margin, and so therefore he's taking the Bengals. Like that's totally fine logic. I just think that the what's most likely to happen is the Rams defense will play like the Titans defense, and Stafford will not play like Ryan Tannehill, and therefore the Rams will win. I think so too, but I'm rooting the other way. I just I, get it. I just I like this. I like the story. I'm all about themes, anyways. Danny, so Danny. Tomorrow, 11-1 to 1 on the score, playoff preview. What have you got planned before we let you go? Yeah, so it'll be a lot of this. Uh, and But I just basically have been doing these shows, taking calls, but also bringing on some of my friends. So Nick Wright from Fox uh, Sports 1 will be on the show. Ben Heisler from Betside, it'll be on the show. Might put another person on. But it'll be wall-to-wall Super Bowl coverage, gambling, analysis of the games, getting people's thoughts on it, what the Bears can learn. Uh, from these two teams because I think it's how the two teams were built is uh, kind of polar opposites in pretty interesting ways. So, you know, we'll uh, just talk about the Super Bowl for a couple hours. Well, that's what we've done. That's what yeah. we've done now. We'll do it later. Danny, really appreciate you taking time out to join us and um, and um, have a good show tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime, guys. Love listening. Thank you. All right. That is Danny Parkins, Parkins and Spiegel. Afternoons on the score, 2 to 6. Tomorrow is part of our massive Super Bowl coverage, wall-to-wall, ear-to-ear coverage 9 o'clock 9 to 11 bet ql you get what you need there 11 to 1 danny parkins and you heard his guest list and then one o'clock on westwood one will bring you super bowl coverage right through the end when evan mcpherson makes the game winning kick i don't know i just like saying that that'd be great i love that guy i speak it into existence i love him all right so we'll take a break when we come back um i'm going to defer to my nerd co-host Trash Panda, as we go to a long, as we go a long, long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, something worth noting and celebrating. Oh, and before we break, we need to note that if you were curious about that MLB and MLB, MLBPA meeting today, it's already over. It lasted less than an hour. This, this according to at least one report I saw. So that there you go. Yeah. So and and they agreed on what that Rob Manfred is just a scam artist. Okay. Yes. That's yeah. it. Right. Cosign. All right. <laughs> this is Saturday second, Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Welcome and welcome back. Saturday suckage. And I defer to our resident geek trash panda. Share with us. Back announced that for us. Was Don, John Williams' birthday this week? Tuesday. Tuesday. John Williams okay. turned 90 on Tuesday. But I wanted you to back announce the song. There may be people out there who don't. Re- I ran into somebody yesterday who did not, not only did not realize that Paul McCartney was in a band before Wings, but didn't know who Paul McCartney was. Jesus. So <laughs> that's why I wanted you to identify that's an important the thing. music and then the artist. That's an impressive level of ignorance. <laughs> yes, it is. That was that was the Star Wars main theme. Yes. John Williams turned 90 today, and he, res- he is second in Oscar nominations only to Walt Disney. And that befits his status, right? That sounds about right. Okay. Yeah. He's so he once extraordinary. He and and that was the the movies for which he has done. I thought I knew them, and you enlightened me. And so Star Wars is the the most notable, I'd say. Yes. And then you started listing them off, and they were all Spielberg. And I said, Yeah, sure, Spielberg. Yeah, sure, Spielberg. And it was so it was. List them off for us. So Jurassic Park, classic. Mm -hmm. Indiana Jones, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. I I have to confirm that. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay. Spielberg, Spielberg, It's basically every major major blockbuster in the last 40 years has had John Williams attached doing the score, if it's worth anything. So, yeah, but the one you didn't know, though, and I'm surprised you didn't know this, the first three Harry Potter movies were composed by John Williams. Did not know that. Did not know that. It just adds to the legend. So I had not come across this before. This was shared by uh, Carl Quintanilla of MSNBC uh, or CNBC. Where is he? Carl, where, where do you work? Where, where do you work? You CNBC and NBC News. So he once told Spielberg, quote, I really think you need a better composer than I am for this film. And Spielberg very, very sweetly said to him, I know, but they're all dead. <laughs> That's great. great. That was during Jurassic Park. How great is that? I know, but they're all dead. Speaking of That's Hall- a pretty that's a nice little compliment though. Yeah. That's it. So speaking of Hall of Fame singers, 
Dolly Parton, did you see this? This woman is miraculous. This woman, she is an angel. I'm not sure we all deserve her. She decided she would cover 100% tuition and books for employees at her theme parks, entertainment venues, and cabin resort. You go to college, she'll pay 100% tuition and books. I'm glad that they do the and books because those oh, things yeah. add up. Yeah. It's, even when I was in school, I didn't have to, you know, as a broadcasting major, you didn't have to have a lot of books. But for the, the non-broadcasting classes, I needed books. And it's ridiculous. And some of the... I had friends that were English majors or history majors. Like, the this, this stuff, they, the amount of books they had to have is mm-hmm. out of control. Yes. Yeah. And then you go to resell them and go, wait, I paid you like four times this. Yeah, but it's used now. Yeah, but you made me use it. Well, that's the way it is. You gave it to me used, man. I'm, so I just think, because that's our hope. I mean, education's our hope. It's our future. It's, it's, it's how we get better, how we get out of all this. And I checked back in December when, say, Time Magazine names its Person of the Year, see if Time Magazine's Person of the Year did anything better than anything more impactful, anything more future-looking than what Dolly Parton's just said she would do, what Dolly Parton said she would do for her employees at all of her theme parks and entertainment venues and cabin resorts and all that kind of stuff. She's just... This is a woman who had started a library, she a free library for, for kids up until from birth... They would get books from birth until they entered their first year of schooling. And it was a local thing. And in 10 years, it was global. Kids all over the world were getting books until they entered school, courtesy of Dolly Parton. That's just a, it's it. Read, people. That's all I got to tell you. Read. We need that. Here's something I read. Michael Farber, that you may know him from Sports Illustrated. I knew him from there, and I know him from um, way back when he was a, Columnist at uh, the Montreal Gazette. So he was cited because the Olympics are going on. Do you know the Olympics are going on, Studs? I did, actually. He's curling on in the studio right now. U.S. is up 2-1 to one over Norway. Let's go. It's, that's, yeah, let's go. Let's I go. love curling, man. Like it, it's Stone. This, you go up to Northbrook to watch it in the no. curling center? I do want to well, try curling sometime. Just because I think Canadian it's... Canadian shuffleboard is just another way to drink beer. Well, yeah, and the whole thing is just so... I, well, I love just, first of all, the look of the U.S. team. The one, It's just perfect. It's just perfect. Because none of the... Like, half the people don't look athletic. They otherwise well, would have... Well, they're not. It's yeah. bowling. It's, it's, it's ice it, bowling. It's sweep, otherwise, sweep, yeah. sweep, sweep, sweep. It's, it's, the, it's the everyday man's Olympic sport. Yep. Like, anyone can do this. That's true. You know? That's true. So... Michael Farber was writing about his favorite Olympic headline because we were taking, speaking earlier about trolling and we were talking about Brittany Matthews and Jackson Mahomes. So Farber tweeted this out from his favorite Olympic headline came from Lillehammer in 94. Lillehammer, Norway, for those of you who are unsure. <clears throat> and the headline was, Norway leads with three gold medals. Sweden tied with Fiji. It's just trolling your Scandinavian brethren. I love that. And did you see this from, speaking of Sweden and the Olympics and whatever, Layla, Layla, Layla Rahimi of the Bernstein, or Blamestein, Dan Blamestein and Layla Rahimi. So Layla's covering the Olympics. She's over there. and uh, Yes, yes. Yeah. Doing a damn good job, too. Yep, yep, yep. And so she's... 
she was tweeted this out at the from the I think it was a women's hockey game. It has to be. That's what she was doing. That's what she's been mainly doing. So yeah. that would sound right. Right. Well, there's only one hockey game. It's U.S. Canada. That's it. They're going to play that. That's twice. the only one that matters. They play yeah. it in the, the the round robin, and then they play it for the finals. But they have to play other teams along the way. Canada leads Sweden at the point of her. She sent out this text. It's nine nothing. It would grow. Canada leads Sweden nine nothing. Says her tweet. And I'm sitting next to a CBC Canadian Broadcasting Corporation producer who keeps saying, "quote Cancel the post game show." In honor of the Sox, because she's from Chicago and he knows. Layla says, I'm in Beijing, and they're quoting Hawk. I mean, I said you There's no escape. All right, yeah, that's right. So, you know what? That's actually pretty the, funny. The best, the women's hockey story was one of the greatest things I ever covered in my career. Greatest stories I've ever been in, greatest teams I ever covered. And it came back this week, not just because the U.S. women are going to play Canada and and they're going to be played for the gold medal, that it was, it finally became a medal sport in 1998. Captain of that U.S. Olympic team was Cami Granado of the Downers Grove Granados. And the goalie was Sarah Teeting of the North Shore Teetings. And Cami scored the first goal for the U.S. women in U.S. Olympic play in which it was a medal sport. Sarah Teeting made a massive pad save with 70 seconds to go in a two-to-one game against Canada. And when the op- when the ceremonies began, the medal ceremonies began, they placed the first Olympic gold medal for women's hockey around the neck of Cami Granado. Captain goes first. Cami Granado became the assistant general manager of the Vancouver Canucks this week. The story is a remarkable thing. Her brother, Don, is the coach of the Buffalo Sabres. Her brother, Tony, former NHL star, is a coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. The That Olympic with that team, because it was U.S. and Canada, there were two and a half teams in this in that Olympics, in that women's team. That was 98. Who's was the also half the, team? Two and a half teams? Who's Finland. The half? They had Finland? a really good okay. defense. Finland had a really good defenseman and a good forward, but they weren't a match for the okay. U.S. and okay. Canada. That makes sense then. So it was All two right. and a half teams. And... It was going to be them. And the the Canadian coach, there was real enmity in the rivalry. U.S. hadn't beaten Canada in anything important. And the coach of, I forget her name, she had previously worked in security and police work, and she dressed in all black, and the U.S. women called her Dirty Harriet. That's what she was known as. Danielle something. I want to say Danielle something or other. And there was a terrific rivalry going on in the U.S. was set to prove, and they won. They won 2-1. to one. And when they won that game in Nagano, and they were celebrating on the ice, and then there would be the medal ceremony, I walked down behind the U.S. net, and I found Don Granado, the dad. And I stood with him for moments and just asked, what, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? I mean, his one of his little girls had just done, you know, a women's miracle, really. Beating Canada in hockey was a women's miracle. And I stood there with him as the medal ceremony went on and just seeing a proud dad's tears come down was made for a wonderful story. I loved covering that team. 
If you watch NHL coverage, you've seen A.J. Malusco. She was on that team. I mean, these are people, these are women, these are athletes who went to Harvard. They went to Brown. They went to the Ivy League. And they were terrific to talk to. They were a great story. But that, with, you know, tears coming down Dad's face as Cami Granado was getting her gold medal, it was outstanding. I would just, I love that team. And there's... Something you maybe help me with is you you being you went to study school to study broadcasting. The story from Ian McIntyre in Sportsnet Canada that it's not a surprise to a lot of people in the Granado family that Cami would become a pretty high ranking official and one of the first women to do something like this, assistant general manager of the Canucks. Sister Christie, who lives in Wisconsin, said not even a little bit. Cami always played with the boys. In fact, I tried for years to get her to play Barbies with me, and she was terrible at it. Okay. I don't know how you're terrible at Barbie. <laughs> how are you terrible at Barbies? That's, but he, I, <laughs> I guess it's just like not having the patience to imagine. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So another part of the story is Christy loves telling that story. She was terrible at Barbies. She was always playing with the boys, and that's the way it was. Christy claims that Cammy once called into a weekly sports talk radio show that Christy Granado hosted in Chicago to argue about the Barbie accusation. Do you remember Christy Granado? I don't know what her married name is. Do you remember Christy Granado hosting or co-hosting a weekly sports show in this city? No. Me neither. I thought I knew a lot about hockey around here. Yeah, I and the Granados. I no, I, 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 I don't know. Well, I mean, how many? We unfortunately haven't had a lot of women hosts in Chicago no. on sports radio. Like Layla is one of the few. And Julie Swyka, who suggested Avenue Q for us in our so our yes, yes our yes. suck roll call yes. Sucks to be me. It sucks to be me. Yeah, there have not been a lot, but this was a weekly radio show that Christy Granado. She was saying that when Cami came back from the Olympics, Christy was studying in the medical profession. Christy said when Cami came back from the med- and she from the Olympics, she was hosting <clears throat> hockey schools for girls, and it picked up. Participation picked up. So she said, Christy, here, I need you. Come out here. Here's a roll of t- white tape, and here's a Sharpie. Write down every girl's name on their helmet, on the tape, and put it on their helmet so I know who I'm talking to. And Christy says, this is why I went to medical school. <laughs> there you go. So she did it, and she went, to this, she went to this school. She helped out her sister, and there was a student there, a skater there, who was um, one of two kids um, with a – a single dad or a widowed dad who came down out of the stands afterwards and was just so thankful to Cammy and to Christy for showing girls what they could accomplish. And it turns out Christy married the dad, would eventually marry the dad of one of the kids that Cammy made her write her name on the helmet on the white tape with the black Sharpie. I just, I love all that story. 1998 Women's Olympic team remains a wonderful story for me. So, there you go. 
And I was wrong. Jaquaski Tart did not play for the Bears. Oh, what he the was, hell, man? He was pursued by the Bears. He was a free agent, and there was some contact, and I thought, oh, okay, he did that. And then they got rid of him because that's what they do. They didn't. So I was wrong about that. Well, well, well you know, that's why they that, call it Saturday Suckage. Let's underscore the idea this is Saturday Suckage. <laughs> We're allowed to be wrong here. <laughs> We're encouraged to be wrong. I'm Steve Rosen, Lomi's Trash Panda. We are in the missing Mark Rohde formation today, but we'll get it back. We'll see who stole the Provasic. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Three technique. It's something, it's, it's a newer type of uh, situation. And the Bears don't have one. That's Grobber. Welcome in, welcome back. Three technique. We do need that. We'll have a discussion at a later point in time as we are back on Saturday Suckage in the missing Mark Rohde formation. And we need to get the full explanation of the three technique from Grobber as Grody sits in for Grobber on score overnights and gets crap from texters even when he's been off for a day or two. <laughs> it's just what Mark heard, what Mark read. So, see, Trash Panda came in today to find some texts. A excoriating Mark Grody for something that somebody else said, and Grody wasn't even on the air, right? That's what we can surmise anyway. Yeah. He could have been just listening to, I, I don't know, maybe he had <laughs> rewound to the night before on the Odyssey app, it and, you know, it goes back 24 hours, so he could have been technically listening to 4.30 in the morning 24 hours before, yeah. you know? And we did have one of our texters, uh, one of our Wake and Bake Club members, say that is responded erratically to he has texted the score when he was listening on replay to whatever it was, which is totally out of context. That's a thing. So there are two things that concern you, Trash Panda, on yes. the text line right now. 630 is responding to your idea that about curling and the way it seems so such a regular guy kind of beer drinking kind of sport. Yes. And by the way, the Olympics is a perfect example of where you can separate sports from non-sports. Curling is more of a sport than ice skating. Do you know why? Why? Because curling, you actually have a result. In ice skating, it's judged. That's the, a good point. The competitors determine the endings, the results, the outcomes in, in curling. And if it's judged, it's a hobby. Might be a very difficult hobby. So you would make the same argument with, say, snowboarding and yeah. the other judged. If it's events. judged, it's a hobby. Interesting. And I would make I like it with take. I would make it with boxing unless you're going to play unless you're going to fight until someone quits or gets knocked out. That's it. Let the competitors decide. So if it's judged, it's not a sport. It's an activity. It's an activity, a hobby, terrific activity. I love this take. I'm stealing this. But it's this. true. Fine, you can have it, but it's true, and it's not necessarily original. It's just true. All right, and Trash Panda 312 Texter. Oh, wait, I should say this first. 630 Texter says they should make bags an Olympic sport. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> That'd be so great. Brought to you by Molson. Well, no, yeah, it's got to be like brought to you by uh, who? Like Heineken. Heineken or yeah. one of the one of the major hot dog companies. Like Herb hot Oscar dog Meyer. companies? Well, because that's you ever really watch, Chicago. Do you, ever, it up. do you ever watch bags on like when they have it on 
ESPN, like you know the big the national tournaments. Usually they have. No, they usually they throw I, it on during the summer when there's nothing else to show. I can't take the word they use. Oh, cornhole! Yeah, it's so dumb. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's literally. I know why because yeah. the bags are filled with corn and you're trying to. Yeah, put it yeah, into I get that, but it's you're literally throwing bags, so it just bags. Yeah. Anyway, they the sponsors for those events are always just like, like either either. Bud or Bud Light or some kind of Oscar Mayer company. The express it's ne- lane yes. to cholesterol yes. problems. It's never, it's never just regular, like n- what the sponsors you would see like for the Olympics and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I bag might as well. They've had other things that have been that, that ballroom dancing. I think was a demonstration sport at one point, and so you can put anything in the Olympics, and you get as the host country, you get to choose what events, competitions you want to do. And also, how does someone get a nickname? Pa- 630, where does, how does someone get the nickname Trash Panda? Uh, because, uh, as we discussed much, what, two years ago now? Jesus. Yeah. Uh, because I, I grew up shooting shooting raccoons in my friend's barn. And we were bringing up raccoons, and you said they're trash pandas, and that's how it ended up like that. Yeah, they're and, gross. And Dad still stands in the house. Shooter still stands in the house and shoots them. I haven't heard about him doing that in a while. It doesn't right. really happen during winter. Check in with Sweet Alice and report back next week. All right, I will. All right, we'll see if we get Grody back next week. If not, we'll just do Saturday Suckers the way we always do. Thanks for listening, texting, and all that kind of stuff. Saturday Suckage on the score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait Wait a minute, minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait. Wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.